0: All right, ready? I'm ready. What are we starting with? Uh, The intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's start at the very end. The very best place to start. (laughs) The very best place to start. If you're Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah, there's some truth in that.
1: What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. And back inside, well actually for the first time, Paul's first office.
0: First time. Our off My office. Yeah. Yes. I like and that you're already
1: using our. I know. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah,
0: we'll set you up a cot. I brought you some McDonald's and all of a sudden it's our office. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's true. If someone brings me McDonald's, they're they're welcome for life. So if anybody out there wants to bring me McDonald's, you know, you've got a free place to stay for the rest of your life. There you go. You might need the couch. You might need to kick Jake out. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz he'll be there.
1: But, you know, you'll have you'll have won the the battle of the heart and mind, and that's that's most of the battle.
0: That really is most of the battle. For those of
1: you who who may have forgotten, I'm Jake. I am Paul. And this is Paul. It's it's been a little while. It has been a little while. You it's know, been
0: about a month since we've done one. About right? so
1: we we talked about Avengers Endgame and then just had this
0: big emotional it, it ended. breakdown. It was like we had our own snap.
1: <laughs> it was like well we we just dissolved into the ether. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In reality, I went on a road
1: trip, had a change in job scenery, <laughs> and uh, we've been figuring stuff out, but we're back. Right, exactly. We're I back. have had no changes. Paul's, no changes. Paul's in
0: exactly the same spot. I'm it's all I am a mile of fault. stability, me and my McDonald's breakfast, sitting in my office. Uh, That's all I've been doing while you've been gone, Jake. Yep. That's all I've been doing. Yeah.
1: So uh, you can blame me for for the, the time off the air, but uh, we're here to talk about finales. Not finales. because this is our finale, yes. Lord willing, but because there's been a lot of talk about good and bad finales because the cultures, or at least the Twitter social media elite, culture, the Zeitgeist, they've been upset the TV finale, yes, and yeah, I you know I do kind of wonder how much of it is truly the culture and how much of it is just the cultural. Talkers, you know, well, there's a big difference yeah. there often.
0: Yeah, and I think that we tend to. This is sort of an age, the, the age of social media, this age where we're all interconnected. It is the age of whining. You know, we <laughs> just whine a lot about a lot of different things. And so there was a big cultural event that a lot of people have been whining about. Yeah. And
1: uh, it, it gave us an opportunity to try something out. I'd had a, a segment in mind for a little while. T- called hindsight is 2020 and in it we watch only the finale of a tv show <laughs> and then we we just talk at length about how we got to this finale <laughs> even though we ourselves I
0: have no idea we didn't
1: I have no there. idea we just we just jumped there because we have these digital streaming services that allow us to watch the end before we watch anything else
0: well and, and it really is sort of like skipping ahead in a murder mystery book right yeah. reading the last reading five the last pages page. yep see who did it you're done see i i hate
1: that like and that's sort of what i find funny about me coming up with this <laughs> yeah. segment is i if i know the ending to something i'm almost certainly never going to watch it ever oh no yeah that, what's the point because i'm like uh, uh, that i don't i'm not i'm here for how it all ties together and how the journey gets me to the end i don't but my wife on the other hand and I think even my mom Like my mom famously When my dad and her were young married Were at Aliens They went to watch Aliens in the theater And my mom spent the whole time In the back with a friend Who worked at the theater Just saying <laughs> you have to tell me who dies You have to tell me who dies You have to tell me who dies Like does this person die because I do not want to get attached to them <laughs> That's I, hilarious. I can't do it that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. My my daughter is the very same way. She really we dig horror movies, right? But she o- will only watch movies. She doesn't like watching them if she doesn't know who's <laughs> going to get it, you know? She really she wants to know all the jump scenes. She wants to know all the scares, and, which seems to sort of defeat the purpose Why do you a like little these bit. Then? Yeah. You know, but but yeah, there she's she's kind of like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh all to say this this is a this is going to be a good challenge for me. We decided since everybody was talking about the Game of Thrones. Everybody, now, everyone, literally everyone. even people who didn't watch the show, right? Like myself, I have never seen a single episode. I've never, I've never seen a single scene of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I was even tweeting about it because everybody else was tweeting about it. I was like, I can t- try to tweet some joke about it. <laughs> it didn't land. That's fine. You know, it's fine. I didn't, That's what happens. I guess That's I didn't what understand. comedians do. You know, yeah. Um, we we try things, right? Yeah. Um, and then we thought. Uh, all right, Paul's had to review this show, so I'm familiar with it over the years. He's read the
0: books, right? As far as the as books far have gone, they go,
1: and so he he knows enough about the show that you know if I as I extrapolate, he can make fun of me for. Yeah, yeah. For hopefully how we extrapolate. And there
0: will be a lot of people in this who are listening who know a lot more than I do. Yeah. But we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll see how it hopefully goes.
1: Hopefully none of you know more than Paul does. I mean, i am just <laughs> I'm just to say that right now. <laughs> in, the,
0: in the plugged in world, I do not nobody sanctions. should know about Game of Thrones. There's a reason
1: I didn't watch this show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, content caveat. I like to call it thrown uh, a porn. There you go. The Game of Porn, you know, things things of that nature.
0: Yeah, I can uh, understand why your jokes didn't land. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Weirdly, the Game of Thrones fan
0: didn't like all my Game of Porn crazy, jokes. Crazy, you know, crazy. Denaris, Denari's world, will be after you with her dragon, I'm telling you that much. Yeah, Denaris Porgurin, you know, that's, oh.
1: that's, what, that's what her name is. Oh my goodness. They might as well have just named these people with... With porn names. So, what else are we talking I, about? I do not Jake? condone porn. And that's <laughs> the long and short of it. Uh, but but we were inspired by this being a, a bad finale, or at least everything. What was some people are saying. Yeah. Almost, I, I haven't heard one person who liked it. Well, I've heard people, we'll a couple of people who were like, eh, 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 eh. But we thought, all right, well, let's talk about the people who have done it well. The best TV finales.
0: Yes. And so
1: we ranked them. We're doing rank geeks on that.
0: Rank geeks, best but, uh, finales. We're going
1: to start. At, like I said at the very beginning, we're going to start at the end and uh, talk about not the most least important thing. We'll actually do that at the end. We will do that. But we're going to talk about Game of Thrones, the finale.
0: I forget how the theme goes, but
1: yeah, I was gonna say that the intro, the, the intro, credits, the intro is
0: great. I actually didn't like it.
1: What? I'm not gonna lie. What's wrong with like you? It. it did not feel. That's the best part of the show. I'll start at the beginning of the end. When I watched, <laughs> let's just get let's get it right into the beginning of the end. Uh, we'll begin with the beginning of the end. the The intro credits, I didn't dig it. It felt overly produced for this show that's supposed to be this, like, gritty, old fantasy epic, you know, where everything is dark and dirty and dank. Like, it was polished. It was like, what? Are we in a cloth? The clock? whole show is polished. Was like, is, are we in this? But it was, like, CGI polished. Yeah. Well, the whole show
0: is CGI no, no, no,
1: polished. But you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. they're, they're using CGI, but they're crea- trying to create this gritty world, right? Versus... This visual polish of everything being like smooth and shiny and nice. And it was like, it felt this is to me, as someone who's never watched any of the show, so no context, but it felt like, wait, is this all like they're building this, like these castles and worlds inside of a clock? Well, no, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I was like, this just feels to me, from what I understood. Sure. To me, that (laughs) felt. Alright, that's fine. I'm, I, I'm glad that <laughs> sure. people like it, but for somebody who's never... I'm just like, this doesn't seem to fit with how I imagined this show was. Gotcha. Uh, so I did not get the game board reference. It felt like it was inside this giant clock, and I'm like, they don't have clock technology.
0: No, it, to me it felt like a big old ol origami festival, okay. which I, I loved. Oh. I thought, really, the first time I reviewed the, the show, I saw the intro, and I said, Oh! I may have to get HBO just to watch this. <laughs> then you watch the rest then of it. Then I the watched the rest of it and I said no. You're like, no. Well, nope, definitely not <laughs> That's getting not HBO gonna now. Be, I'm not going to be sitting down Can't and watching justify this that life. one. No, no,
1: Um Yeah, no, I, still to me, the Daredevil intro. It's Daredevil like is really good. The gold standard. The way the throbbing music with sort of this underlying high pitch tension building as the the wax no, melts it's, around. It's
0: really done well. It's too bad it Daredevil feels, is gone. I yeah. thought the D- Jessica Jones intro was really good too because it had that noirish, yeah. you know, it, it felt very very apropos to yeah, the show.
1: Exactly, and that and that to me didn't feel that way with Game of Thrones. It felt tonally. It felt. I was like, wait. What am I watching here? Am I watching a reality TV show about people who make board games? See. That would have felt more fitting to me. Now. But there you
0: go. I like how this segment's going because already you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Um, <laughs> let's move on into the – So I think Paul knows I, – I think he's not going to be surprised by my overall take on this finale in that boy howdy to steal a phrase from Paul. <laughs> was it slow? <laughs> It was so stinking slow. Oh, that's for a, interesting. For a show that I've heard is, you know, jam packed with violence and sex. Sex and betrayal. And and betrayal. Action. Like, we. Murder. We see all of what? One person die? Two. Two. We see all of two people die in this entire episode. Uh, both of them, like, neither of them in particularly graphic ways compared right. to what I expected. And. And really what you have in most of this are long, long <laughs> tracking <laughs> shots of John Yes, very good. And Tyrion. Is Tyrion the guy that... Uh, that uh, the Short? The short guy? Yes. Why oh, am I forgetting that? Peter Dinklage. I love Peter Dinklage. <laughs> He's great. Um, Is his character Tyrion? Yes. Okay. Very good. Very it was, good. It was, you know, certain characters like Tyrion, you didn't, like, I think you... You don't have anybody address him by that name until like two thirds of the way through this episode. Right. Everybody else knows. Everybody knows except for you. Except for me. So I'm like, who's this guy? I don't know. Yeah. Why is he. Why are we watching him walk through a city like for an hour just looking really, really sad? (laughs) Really,
0: really sad.
1: And then lay in a jail cell looking really, really sad. And then (laughs) stand on a platform looking really, really sad. And then sit at a table being sad and OCD. And. (laughs) And then Jon Snow, like it was so many shots. There of were blood. lots of sadness, just walking, yeah, just sad
0: walking faces, sad walking faces. That's absolutely right. Like, so do you want me to provide context as we go along here? Sure. Okay. Like I mean, I got the
1: context that they weren't happy with the right. the, the city the that Daenerys had torched the entire city and killed everyone inside, right. and they're like, maybe she's just as evil. As everyone, else oh, so you been. got
0: the idea that people thought that she was a good guy, and then she turned out to not be so good. And see that that was I
1: did get that, like because they said it out loud, right? Because they literally have that conversation between Tyrion and Jon, where they're like, "Well, we've been telling her she's been good all this time, and now she think now she really believes it and she thinks can that do everything no wrong, yeah, that everything she thinks is good, right." But look what she just did. She thinks this is good, so we've got a problem on our right, hands. Right. Right. Uh, the problem for you know the problem for the larger part of the show is well, what makes what you guys think is good good? Because it sounds like you guys have made some pretty crappy decisions.
0: They've made some terrible decisions
1: in the past, and so. You know, choosing to kill the person that you think is making the wrong decision now, although you've made t- plenty of terrible decisions. Like, what's to stop this from being a terrible decision? Yeah. Like, they've just both admitted that they've screwed things up beyond belief. But they're like, but this is the right decision. I know. It. <laughs> it's like, you just said that you do all those other terrible things were the right decisions at the time. So why is this the right decision? Like, I haven't seen her do any of these terrible things they're talking about. Like, I just had to take their word for it. And right, and you don't see, word.
0: here's the thing, most of the time you don't see her make those terrible decisions. I mean, they're all, most of her terrible decisions are within the context of the show, right? And so she's dealing with some really terrible people, and so she does these terrible things. But it was sort of an interesting little twist that I was, I was not really expecting her her turn to sort of, what they call it is is her turn toward the mad queen, you know? Um, because the, her whole family, it's all loaded with a bunch of insanity. Like lots of her relatives have gone totally crazy. And so there was always that hint that she could do the same. I don't think she necessarily went crazy here, but I do think that she made some bad decisions and it was sort of interesting in, in context where you have this leader who thinks that just because they are a leader, whatever they decide is the right decision. Right. I can't think of any parallels to that, but (laughs) really (laughs) as I
1: say it it, to me with no context for the overall show, like if I was just watching uh, which I was watching this as a standalone, (laughs) I'm like, I, you know, I think there's uh, some commentary on, you know, empires like, I don't know, the United States and this sense that we can, we can view ourselves. We can do some, maybe some good things, take care of some people who are very evil And then start to view ourselves as these moral vanguards of right and wrong, like what we decide is right and what we decide is wrong. That is the right way to parse it out and maybe justify doing some things that everybody else is like, hang on, like in what universe is this right? Yeah. Well, in the universe where I've been the one making the right decisions in the past because you guys have screwed it up. And so you understand how you get there. But it, it did feel a little bit like a commentary on that. Right. Uh, I don't know right. if that was the intention of Game of Thrones, because at the same time, it's not unique to this point no, in history. No, many, absolutely not. Many, many countries, many, many leaders
0: have had this sense of, I understand, I see the world right. and I for think, what it is. Right, it's sort of endemic to power, right? I mean, yeah. if, if you have a lot of power, it's, it's just the whole idea that power corrupts, and you just have that sense. You have that sense here. It gets to... For me, and this is a little bit of a spoiler warning, I liked this, this conclusion a lot more than a lot of other people did. And yeah. I think part of it was that element that power corrupts, you know, um, even, even good people can turn, can make some pretty wiggy decisions. And so I thought that, that was that was a powerful thing. So the city that they're walking around being sat in, yeah, King's Landing. King's Landing.
1: I did. I did get that. And then there's the chair, the uncomfortable chair with the, all the very swords. uncomfortable chair. Yes.
0: Like, yes. Who? Who wants? Why does everybody want this throne? Why do people want to sit in that throne? But so many people have wanted to sit in this throne. And so and what, many.
1: What was up with the dragon melting the throne instead of melting Jon Snow? well see that was the thing what's what what was that about he seemed like he really understood i care about this person i have a sense when she's dead and this right. guy is the only person here who could have
0: killed her but i'll melt the chair instead of his <laughs> stupid face see okay we'll rewind here because this gets into and i know i'm gonna make a ton of mistakes so game of thrones fans please be very patient with me so john snow He's been because because this show notoriously kills off all of its very good characters. John Snow
1: surprising. I was surprised at how many characters were still alive. I was like, I hasn't was Peter too. Dinklage been
0: here for a long yeah, time. Shouldn't no. he be dead at this point? You would think, you would think, but no, he made it to the very end. But Jon Snow, so he the reason why he's named Jon Snow is because Snow is the name that they gave back in Winterfell, the kingdom where he is a he, he grew up in.
1: A little on the nose,
0: but whatever. <laughs> I'm not here for subtlety, George R.R. Martin. He was he was a bastard. I hate to say that word on the air, you but I'm using it. it correctly. You relish it. I <laughs> saw your face. <laughs> it's the first time maybe that word has crossed my lips. I don't know. But so so essentially, he he was this this illegitimate kid, right? um he was taken in by the head of the whole stark family so we've seen all the starks and you you know sansa and sansa brandon brandon who names her kid
1: brandon in fantasy world (laughs) sansa (laughs) and cersei and and Tyrion and brandon all right so like what so, anyway, he we're going to name the crippled kid Brandon. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Yeah, so the whole Stark fam- family, they've been like this huge part of Westeros for how many years? It's been a long time. But they had these five kids. The dad dies in the very first season, right? He's supposed to be the main good guy. He's played by Sean Bean, who dies in die. every he single must Sean must die. Yeah. Sean must die. That's exactly right. So he dies. He's executed in the very first episode, which sort of kicks off yeah, this whole thing. Uh, well, anyway. Anyway, um, Snow is this illegitimate kid who most people thought throughout the first part of the series was Ned's illegitimate child. And But Ned, being the stand-up guy that he is, took him in and raised him as his own. Turns out he is a Targaryen? Is that how you say the last name? I don't know. Targaryen. Targaryen. Targ. Targaryen So he was apparently The the illegitimate child Of a Targaryen Look at that Right So he actually has A better claim On the the Iron Throne Which was melted Than Daenerys But isn't she a Targaryen? She is a Targaryen But he supersedes her So because of Because of complex genealogy Right So The complex
1: genealogy Of bastards
0: They also (laughs) Coming to this fall (laughs) (laughs) written by Paul Acey (laughs) That's that is a so banging. Book also, title. please write this. Technically, technically, apparently, Daenerys—that makes Daenerys Jon Snow's aunt. But Whoa. they were also sleeping together, as you probably gathered. Well, I saw him kiss passionately before he stabbed her in the heart. So, so incest. Like, that,
1: that seems like it's a metaphor for something. <laughs>
0: Incest was a big deal for the Dar- Targaryens, right? They're, they're they did big, it a lot. Big fans? They were big fans. Wow. They were big fans. Good. But this all comes good, good to the point where the Targaryens apparently are the only ones who can really deal with dragons, right? They're all that incest really, <laughs> it really... It really helps with the dragon care. It helps hone that, that exactly. dragon speak. Yeah. Exactly. They, they really love their dragons You're and each thinking other
1: it causes developmental disabilities yeah. but it really causes dragons yeah
0: so 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 apparently the dragons have some sort of kinship with Jon Snow just like they do with Daenerys and these dragons are smart you know maybe maybe Drogon the name of the dragon uh-huh. he actually thought <laughs> alright we have Jon Snow from Winterfell and we have Drogon, Drogon the, the dragon, dragon.
1: <laughs> wow wow this is the height of Prestige TV, guys. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm watching this. I'm like, this is what everybody's like. Oh, this, is, sound- this is top of the top. No. It, Come on. It does sort this of sound like a children's book, doesn't it?
0: Drogon the dragon.
1: Yeah. And the sweet little flower. I think even my kids would be like, all right. like All right. Like, <laughs> we're not idiots. And
0: I'm sure they watched it with you.
1: So, they uh, did not.
0: <laughs> so anyway, you've got right. Drogon. So, so, so yeah, Drogon's
1: like, all right, I got you. You're not the problem the throne is the problem. I'll burn this mother. He down. was
0: probably really kind of ticked, but the whole idea that the iron throne is is melted down fits in kind of with George R R Martin's, you know, theory on kind of this whole thing that really this power thing, why don't you just why don't we all just sort of sit around and, and love one another like we should? Why Kumbaya, quest after yeah. this part? Exactly, exactly.
1: So do you think that's where it actually lands? Um, okay, so the show itself ends on a very quiet note. Very quiet. a small, incomplete group of authorities. The master The only of people coin. who are alive. Yeah, the master of coin, the master of... Oh, okay,
0: okay, you're talking about
1: Architecture, the, the master of... War. Well, they don't have a master of war. They need a couple because it's all masters. peaceful now. But they kind of sit around a table and they're clearly, you know, they're talking about each about themselves in the third person, bickering over whether money Bantering. should be spent on brothels or building ships. Yeah. And and it's like, oh, are they just going to descend back into the same exact power struggles that you know? Because this kind of seems like the type of top-heavy bureaucracy that probably led to the problems there. Already in, I don't know. I don't feel like they solved anything, and and maybe that's maybe that's a metaphor. But I wonder if is that part of what people were upset about that it ends. I mean, yeah, without resolution, or did they not like how tidy it felt? Did they feel like
0: everything was too hunky dory? I think a lot of people. No, I I think that. And this is what I'm just gathering. I think a lot of people were not very happy that, and this is a spoiler alert, everybody... I mean, we're talking about the finale of Game of Thrones. Everything's a spoiler here. Everything's a spoiler. Um, That Bran got the the throne. Right. Right. They, They really wanted to see John on the throne or Daenerys on the throne or somebody. Somebody who had blood rights to the throne. And Bran was sort of, you know down on the list right so they in in he's he's just sort of a weird king anyway so so a lot of people were upset like about weird that dude. they also talked a lot about how game of thrones has always mistreated women mm. and Daenerys turn to the dark side did not make a lot of people happy and so
1: like, look you guys have been you know treating women terribly this whole time we finally maybe have a strong woman who can be a good character and you make her crazy and die
0: and and die. Yeah. And and people just love not only not only because of her womenness, but because they loved her as a character. I mean, she was a really compelling, sweet character who tried to do the right thing and then ends up torching all of King's Landing, the capital of Westeros. Yeah. You know? And she burned it down when it was theoretically surrendering to her. Mm. So that's the other thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. so I think those were kind of the two two of the main sticking points. They felt like It was inconsistent with the show and with the characters that had come to be. I, and again, I speak, I speak completely almost cluelessly because I have only read the books. I've only seen a few shows, but it felt really, it felt pretty pretty on point to me you know i i think that this was a a legitimate way that the story could have gone and i didn't have any problems with it yeah
1: well that's always the hard part with with finales is that especially when we really fall in love with characters in particular is then we start to we start to become very invested in where they end up and if we don't like where they're ending up although that's the way real life is often that we don't like where our favorite characters end up in real life but in our tv show i think we like to feel like maybe we have more control uh, weirdly.
0: I wrote a blog about this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that that's absolutely right. I think that, that we tend to... One of the reasons why we love stories so much is because they tend to be tidier than real life. And... With all of its faults, that was one thing that George R.R. R. Martin really pushed against with Game of Thrones. This is not a tidy fantasy story. This is not Lord of the Rings where everything necessarily comes to a heartening, um, inspiring conclusion. Though this I is would a, dispute that that characterization of Lord of the Rings, but continue. <laughs> but but it, so it was meant to be sort of this, this as you say, realistic fantasy and... And because of that, it was bound to be unsatisfying on some level, you know. There you go. So, so what do you think? What do you think? Tell me about the people who Tyrion looked at in the rubble of the. Do you remember that scene? I do. Yeah. Who were those? At the people? Very
1: beginning. Uh, I gathered that one of them's name was Cersei. Good. Um, I was I was taken aback at how good they looked after being crushed <laughs> underneath the <a> castle <laughs> i was like wow they look very peaceful and still and not crushed <laughs> they just got buried underneath the castle <laughs> i would look a lot more squished and bloody but they just had like a well, She had a little scratch a on little tiny scratch but this peaceful look and she was hugging the guy i don't know who the guy was but
0: <laughs> who was the guy is he important jamie he was important yeah he was very important so he was the guy if you remember at the end. You have the the sort of strong looking blonde woman in yeah, armor she's writing. writing some history. She's writing. On he's on his history. His history. So they had a thing for a while. She and him. She and him. But Cersei the, the girl and, and Jamie, they also had a thing. And
1: wait, didn't they have the same last name? Are they also into incest?
0: Yes. Very wow. good. See, Everybody, you didn't you didn't need George... to watch any of this show. <laughs>
1: No, but is George R. R. Martin married to his cousin? Or what's going on? Like, he yeah. seems to have a, like, at first, it's like, well, no, it's it's the Targaryens that are into incest. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, so are the Lannisters. <laughs> Actually, they're all, you know, incest, yeah, you see, know, incest is
0: pretty darn normal. Yeah. Well, see, with the Targaryens, it was expected. With the Lannisters, not so much. Well, it so that was more scandalous? It was more scandalous. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, and the, so they yeah, had, normalized. Cersei had three kids by Jamie Lannister. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they all, I think two of the three had the iron throne for a while until they met their brutal and terrible ends as as happens yeah in in westeros, westeros. what's west of
1: west what's west of westeros i just wanted to slap the screenwriters at that point <laughs> I'm like john snow from winterfell drogon the dragon west of westeros I was like who right like at this point somebody's bored somebody's bored and they just want to see you know a white dog named Ghost. Ooh. All right, fine. <laughs> the Ghost I dog. I imagine that there was pro- people were probably "Oh, Ghost. I love Ghost." But I'm like, look, it's just There were white a dog lot with of bit people. Off. Like,
0: it was a dire wolf. It was a dire wolf in the right. very first a book. A dire wolf. It was. It totally was. Well, there you go. So, it was it was sort of a symbolic thing. Uh, to get really geeky, Game of Thrones, <laughs> they, in the very first book, in the very first season, they write out and they and Ned Stark with all of his kids, they find these direwolves. Right, there's five of them. There's five kids, so they each get a direwolf, and they take them home and they raise them. And sort of the fate of the direwolves sort of signals what might happen with the kids. The so wounded. But alive, exactly, like a Jones, Yeah, so. Ghost is the last one that we see alive. I think Sansa's direwolf is still running around somewhere. Maybe she is still alive, so that would make sense yeah. according to the show's logic. Or maybe Arya's direwolf. I kind of get the direwolves mixed. I mean, up, but... it looked like there were a lot of Starks left alive. A lot of Starks left alive, I mean, and I think that disappointed for, some people too. Yeah, know, they're
1: like come on, but they're like, look, we already killed the, the we killed Sean.
0: Yeah. Sean yeah.
1: must die, and he did. Yeah,
0: so in season three, I think there was a horrible thing where one of the Stark kids died during this thing called the Red Wedding. You may have heard of it. Sounds, it
1: was, sounds like a, an old Black Sabbath song. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was really terrible. It yeah. was really terrible.
1: I'm glad. I'm so glad. You know that I could understand that. I will say, does it make you want to read the books? I, I have no desire to watch the show or read. You know, I but still. But the dragon was cool, still, right? There's still a part of me that's interested in the books because, I, for whatever reason, I'm interested in fantasy worlds of this type of era. You know, sort of the medievalish. Yeah. Fantasy worlds. Um, they still are fascinating to me. And that was, we don't have time. We're going to, have to talk about that another time. Uh, um, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I, we am, gotta go. I am fascinated with people's fascination with this time period, even my own. Yeah. Like why do I appreciate fantasy stuff set in this type of period so much? So mildly interested in the books, but the, the show finale did not at all pick my interest for the show itself because, you know, I, I, Finale's in general will we'll move on. Have a, a tough thing to do. They really do, and they can't really function. They can't function in more than a few roles, and so they're bound to disappoint a few people, and they're bound to be completely unsatisfying to somebody who's never seen the whole show. It's so very there true. You go. but now it's time to talk about the best TV finales that maybe you've never seen, or maybe you have. I don't know. Don't so <laughs> let me tell you what you haven't haven't seen. You tell us. It's time for Rank Geeks. Here we are in Rank Geeks ranking the best TV finales of all time, as we just talked about, one that is controversial but not probably going to be. We'll see. History is sometimes kinder, as we'll talk uh, talk about briefly on my own list. Uh, history is sometimes kinder to finales than people are in the moment. I feel like finales are almost an inverse of premieres. Like when a movie premieres or a TV show premieres, there was like gushing about right, it right, right after they watched Star Wars, you know, right. Phantom Menace. And then 20 years later, like, oh, that movie sucked and I hated it. It's like, no, we have video footage of you loving it. No, it, and it's it's true. And then finales, everybody's like, oh, that was the worst thing ever. Then 20 years later, it's like, you know what?
0: It actually wasn't too, it. wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. Yeah. No, right. endings are just hard. They're, they're hard. just hard. Because you're at the end of the arc. And exactly
1: so it's like how many different places can you go because you got to wrap this thing up right it's not like you can create a whole bunch of new chaos because the show's going away exactly so
0: exactly there you go
1: all right all right with that paul number five on your list
0: going way back into my past mary tyler moore show I saw this on a couple of lists. Yeah, I never
1: watched this finale, though. Oh, have you seen the show? I've seen bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, so this was made during my formative years. I remember sitting around with my mom and dad. My mom loved this show, and so every Thursday or Tuesday night, I can't remember what it was, we would always sit down and watch the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Bob Newhart show and Carol Burnett. It was just the thing that our family did. It was the only TV time that we really enjoyed together as a family. And so because of that that I remember the grand finale. It was this was a phenomenally successful show in the 70s. And so they had this big lead up. It was about this uh, this Minneapolis, Minnesota television station, this news show. And at the very end, everybody except for the idiotic, anchor man gets fired. And so that was sort of the conclusion. Everybody's walking out the door except for the guy who, never, who really who really if he looked up when it rained he probably would drown. So, it was just <laughs> one of those it was a beautiful like beautiful an <laughs> <nightclub>. Everybody's fired. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, it was it was it was a touching finale. And one of the most iconic scenes is everybody sort of gathers together for a group hug and they sort of shuffle around to get themselves a Kleenex and they shuffle over this way. and it's it's it was both very poignant for fans of the show um and quite funny, too, which is a hard you know Patrick to pull yeah
1: there you go number five mary tyler moore number five for me i actually watched this last night when i watched the game of thrones finale no way just naturally my wife and i were literally had this one episode left and it reminded me this is a great finale and it's community season Uh, six their finale very cool and what i loved about community's season or i mean show finale was that and this was always what the community was known for: was its meta mm-hmm. nature, yeah. its self commentary. Yeah, and so the way they played with classic TV formulas and made fun of those, made fun of themselves by having their characters pitch like their ideas for season seven or their next semester, <laughs> you know, of of the show, and seeing everybody's different versions of that, and yet somehow still landing on this whole idea of what makes this broken bunch of people. A community yeah yeah is it to your point it manages to sort of thread that needle in its own goofier way right of being sentimental while still making you laugh at ridiculous
0: things community is a show that I'm gonna have to check out I've never seen more than one or two yeah. episodes but it's so meta and yeah, so it. yeah it you feels absolutely like a, a, it. A, the type of show that I would really enjoy yeah number four for you number four for me I am gonna go with uh, with a little bit of an about face 24. That's much
1: darker than boop, Mary Tyler Moore. Boop, boop.
0: Yeah, you knew it couldn't end nicely, but it did end satisfactorily. I mean, it all happened
1: of, in a day, right?
0: It all happened in a day. There <laughs> were just—it was really just eight days all mooshed together. But you get—you know—Jack Bauer, who does everything for his country. He does these terrible things. He—he he cuts off arms. He kills people. He—he's a terrible human being and yet there's he's sort of this anti-hero, all Get right? stuff done. And so it, it, you knew it couldn't end on a happy note for him and it doesn't end on a happy note, but it does have a nice little tender moment with him and the person who's really helped him throughout most of the seasons, Chloe, who just sort of sits back and, you know, does the all the work yeah. essentially. Yeah. He all just the does computer all the killer. Work. So I thought it was a, a nice satisfying ending. It was it was very endemic to the show. And it, as a fan of 24, I have to admit, it was it was a nice, tender, poignant moment. And the show doesn't have a lot of nice, tender, poignant moments, that's for sure. Bit of a reprieve there. Yeah. Number four for me, uh,
1: we've waxed eloquent about this show. I, I have at least many times in the past, and it's Daredevil. I, on this very episode, I talked about Daredevil. And for me, uh, the, dare, the three seasons of Daredevil might just be about the perfect arc in a tv show that i loved I've the arc seen. we and we have yeah, ta- one so you can go listen to our go look for our daredevil episode where we talked about this a few uh, probably uh several episodes back but um and then the finale i thought just did a fantastic job of bringing the conflict of the arc full circle to a head in a powerful way and then giving us a little bit of closure without Hiding up every single thing. Right. And I, I thought the balance that the Daredevil finale found in that of bringing closure to a lot of arcs without it all feeling – without it feeling completely cheesy and rose-colored. There's a couple of moments you know, where it's like, oh, that was – Yeah. That was slightly too saccharine, but – um but know, it, it really yeah it really, really was well. on
0: point for for most of the show yeah, i, I felt that, very satisfied yeah and I, and the nice thing about that is i don't think that they knew that was going to be the series conclusion when they actually did it you right. know i think that they thought there were going to be more series seasons to come but right, it hadn't been
1: canceled yet
0: right but it it really made for As you say, a very effective three-season arc. I really appreciated it. It makes me want to actually, oddly enough, even in the world of streaming, I kind of want to buy it on DVD because you Uh never know when Netflix is going to yank it off. Or when Disney is going to yank it off Netflix. Exactly. So there's that. (sighs) All right, number three. Number three. The all-time greatest finale ever according to a lot of people i was gonna say you're putting yeah, you're putting in number three, <laughs> yeah. So not no. for you this was this was the highest rated show i think it still is the highest rated show of all time oh, anyway, um, going with this? yep it is the mash finale yeah. uh, i half- wasn't alive but i've heard <laughs> yeah. you always have a way of making me feel old <laughs> yes mash mash the the two and a half hour finale of one of the longest running shows ever um, this was another show that I wound up watching a lot with my dad for for whatever reason and and so when it came down to the vinyl thing um, we sat down and watched it together and man it was it was a difficult show to watch but it was very it was very germane to what the show had always been about you know it's it's this half hour comedy and it is pretty funny but there's a lot of poignancy and there's a lot of sadness and pain within it too it's a very melancholy show it's and and because of that the bittersweet ending really worked you have the the things that i actually remember about the the finale was the tragic parts you know you have hawkeye pierce who's been the main character who experiences this this terrible he made this terrible decision and it haunts him at the end of this show and so that's sort of unpacked and it's it becomes a very difficult show to watch and yet eminently satisfying yeah i've never seen an episode of mash however kidding me i've seen the movie so there's that. Have you really? I have seen the movie. See, I think the movie is much different than the T V show. Yeah, I well I imagine. It's a different formula.
1: <laughs> and I still think of the song. Oh yeah. Suicide is painless. Yeah, no, it was it brings on It many was changes. incredible.
0: So do you know how many people watched that finale? Uh, a lot hundred and five million yeah
1: that's i think that's where i've usually heard about it is people compare every yeah. every year when the super bowl happens they're like Ah, oh, 107 million people watch the super bowl this year which is two million more than watch the mash finale. <laughs> yeah. like that's the only time people trot it out these days is to compare it <laughs> well it, compare that's exactly Superman right to, it,
0: it was a different age but when you when you put it into context it's a lot of people five times more people watch the mash finale than watch game of thrones It's. It's a lot of people. All right. Uh, number three for
1: me. This is one that history, I think, is kinder on, though I liked it when I watched it, although I didn't watch it live, and that is the Seinfeld finale. Oh, I hated the Seinfeld finale. I love finale. the Seinfeld finale because it it – I think – it shows, and I found that somebody else agreed with me on this mental floss. Actually, <laughs> that it it fi- it finished with a sort of self-winking way at itself and making fun of itself and the fans by, you know, getting our protagonists in trouble for nothing when the whole show has been getting uh, about nothing. And and, famously. and all of them, it's famously nothing, and yeah. them trying to push the boundaries with nothing but everything, and so I th- I thought that. You know, for a show about nothing where you have nothing truly to wrap up in a show like this to to use such a ridiculous scenario like they've done time and time again, like entire episodes in parking garages and in Chinese restaurants. And like they've done ridiculous things over and over again. So I I think I think all the people that were upset about how ridiculous the ending was. I'm like, that's what this show has done. No, they did entire episodes about I'll use the word because. But they did entire episodes about masturbation without ever talking about masturbation. Like they were just absolutely ridiculous for nine seasons, and I thought the ending was fittingly ridiculous.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, I think that you're right. This is a this is a finale that has redeemed itself over time, and and has has been more embraced by fans. I still cannot embrace it. You know, I thought the show was funny, but, but to end on that, it just didn't work for me. It just was, it was, it was a sour thing, you know? And I think that, that although Seinfeld has always been a little bit cynical, this felt almost <laughs> too sour for me. And even thinking back, I still think of it that way. So. Still sour. All it's right. still there sour. Hey, so we have no time for this, but do you think that Seinfeld holds up now? Oh, I've Heard I heard think he, it does. I've heard that it he feels dated, in a way that Friends does not. Like those were the two big what? sitcoms. That's okay, of the
1: day. so here's here's my opinion, and I've I've actually so two things. I've heard reverse, mm. and I I actually concur with the reverse. I totally disagree. I have rewatched episodes of both over. Number one, I watched both of them post. I didn't watch either of them live. Well, because you
0: weren't alive, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) I was alive, but (laughs) we didn't get those channels and I didn't watch – I wasn't allowed to watch those shows. But (laughs) when I was – so I watched both of them on DVD. And even at that time when they were both still not as – like they were still closer to being fresh off the air, um, I thought Seinfeld was better then. Like, in terms of how it holds up. And going back now, you know, when one's on Netflix, the other's on Hulu, I think Seinfeld holds up way better. What I, what, and I think the only, the only thing that I can say would help Friends hold up better is that the, the quality, it's a newer show than Seinfeld. So, like, the actual visual quality is technically better in Friends. But I think Seinfeld, the way it explored just human ridiculousness, like even though certain things certain references will be dated, like voicemail machines with actual cassette tapes, right? We don't use those anymore. So that's dated. But the ridiculous, selfish, you know, cynical humanity behind it all, I think is timeless. And I think it really holds up. Hm. There's I I think way better than Friends. I watch Friends, and I'm like, this feels dated because it's a lot about like the the relational norms of the day, whereas I felt Seinfeld was exploring our broken humanity. Oh,
0: well, that's interesting. This feels like fodder for a future podcast.
1: Totally could be. Friends versus Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, Okay, for me, number two, another controversial one, Lost. We have no time to talk about
1: we've, it. But we've talked about it a lot, and
0: you, all you need to know
1: is that Paul loves the finale, and I hated the finale. The, the it finale is the, great. It ruined the whole it show It does not. Me. It redeems the show. It, it, it's fantastic. Like,
0: it made it both, both my wife fantastic. and I feel like
1: that entire six seasons of time was no, wasted. No, it, it is <laughs> Well, my, it made my wife feel that way. I was like, well, I still enjoyed the show up to this point.
0: No, it was a great ending. You got to see all these people who had gone before. It had a nice spiritual wrap-up, which you know I love. That's why Paulo it was was pitch perfect even though I didn't answer a whole bunch of questions.
1: Thought it was great. There you go. Number two for me, The Office. The Office. I actually did not care for the finale season Mm -hmm. of The Office. I thought it got a little too off of formula for its own good. Yeah. But it redeemed itself in the finale, in my opinion by the way it cleverly brought characters back in the right way with very funny but sweet tones. Uh, the way it left some characters com- still completely mad and impos- possibly even more mad than when <laughs> you started. And, uh, you know, just it it really did just an excellent job of where the whole se- season as a whole lost, I, th- I felt like, a lot of the heart of the show. The finale, like... Brought it all back. They snap they they figured something out in the finale, which is fascinating for how rough I felt like season nine was as a whole. So interesting. The office finale for me is really, really good. Like I felt I did not like season nine, but I watched that finale and I'm like, it's all good. I'm happy
0: like this yeah. is what I wanted. Yeah it's it's interesting because I, I have not watched a lot of The Office. I did not see any of the final season. But I saw a clip of the final scene with with Michael Uh, and the girl, someone at the airport, the uh, main girl, which girl, Pam? Pam. Yeah, 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 Pam. And they're they're talking far away in the airport. That that scene actually kind of chokes me up, even though I know nothing about the show. It felt really sweet. Um, So I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Even though Lost is still better. Um, Number one. Number one, of course. The Newhart finale. Another one that I saw on many lists. Oh, I do like my Bob Newhart, goodness. but I've never seen this show. Just so, a stand-up. It's hilarious. It is fantastic. So I just mentioned that during Mary Tyler Moore, the, the show that came right after it was the Bob Newhart show, mm-hmm. which stars Bob Newhart, all that kind of stuff, right? So several years later, he had another sitcom called Newhart. It went for eight seasons. At the very end of Newhart, it's revealed that it was all a dream and then he was actually from the Bob Newhart show with his wife from the, the original Bob show. Newhart. It was the most brilliant finale of all time. I it mean, was
1: perfect. So now when we joke about, oh, at the end of it, well, I mean, it was all a dream. <laughs> no, that was, that, what, was, the that original, was what really created it. it. was all a dream. It truly was. Like, at the time,
0: it was like... It, it was incredible. It was, it was really a, a very, very witty conclusion. There you go. For me, um, Parks and Rec. Did you look at my list? No, did you I, I'm just guessing. But you, so you can't say anything because I'm in the middle of season. four I right won't
1: now. spoil part the Parks and Rec finale for Paul. Other than to say, and maybe this is going to set him up for failure. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I honestly, if people ask me like, what is the most perfect finale you've ever seen? For me, it's the Parks and Rec finale. Um, the way, the way it, man. It the way it cleverly but also in its own weird way straightforwardly Mm -hmm. progressed the characters to ridiculously, you know, appropriate non conclusions. (laughs) Or conclusions in some cases was just hilarious again to to, with the office where some characters have progressed but are still but like maybe gotten quirkier and others have progressed to complete and utter madness in their own unique ways that feel very fitting to who they have been. It's one of those where it's like because it's such a character driven show, you knew that the finale just had to get the characters right, right? And the way that they did that, I thought was fun. And, and fairly creative and absolutely spot on for each of the characters. Like, I, I still cannot think of a single one where I was like, eh, I didn't like what they did with this one. I'm like, nope, that fits for Donna. That fits for Leslie. That fits for Jean Ralphio. Like, that fits for Bit. Like, this is <laughs> Jean just <Ralphio>. perfect. Like, <laughs> and the way they still interconnect them, it's it, to me, like, if people say, what's your favorite finale of all time? It's Parks and Rec.
0: Interesting. There you go. There you go.
1: What's your favorite TV finale? Was it one of these? Did we completely snub something and now you want to yell at us? Of course, you can always let us know on Twitter. Neither of that. us
0: mentioned The Sopranos. That's right.
1: I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. Now it's time for the most least important thing speed round part three or four at this point because we just run out of time. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Here we are for the most least important thing, the way we love to wrap up every single show by making mountains out of molehills or vice versa. Exactly. There you go. Paul, what do you got for us today?
0: All right. I'm, I'm going to talk about a documentary that I saw recently that I thought was really impressive. You it like these documentaries. Me. Well, I do watch a lot of them. Um, the one that I'm talking about right now may still be in theaters in a few places. It's called Hesburg, and I had never heard of this guy. Hesburgh. It's about this guy named Father Hezberg who was the uh, the head of Notre Dame. for a good long while he was uh he's Notre Dame, but you're forgiven (laughs) (laughs) no when you're talking about the university of notre dame it's got to be notre dame okay right yeah so he was sort of this this guy who no one very few people have ever heard of but he was a huge mover and shaker back in the 1960s and 70s and uh the thing that impressed me about this movie is the character of the guy he he was part of the original Civil Rights Commission okay. that helped change the civil rights laws in the country. He often was battling a lot of different people. He would battle the Vatican over certain things. He would battle the powers that be. He, had, he met with, I think, nine different presidents. He argued with many of them, and he landed on Nixon's bad list, even though the two had a lot in common, and they really liked each other for a while. But when hesburg said that he couldn't go along with something that Nixon wanted to do, you know, he wasn't going to pull any punches. He said, now, one of the things that I really appreciated about this guy is that he was able to, one of the things that he said over and over again was the the idea that if I'm being loyal to you, I need to disagree with you sometimes. I need to tell you where you are wrong. And that's a very prophetic voice, I think. And that's yeah. something that that I think in today's age is too often missed we don't really acknowledge how important it is to be honest and forthright and hold to the truth as we see it and 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 speak that truth I mean it's such a cliche and I hate this this phrase but speak truth to power um, because I think that that sometimes we think of loyalty or, or of friendship or or anything as sort of this idea that we accept you for who you are and there's some truth to that but at the same time, we have to push each other, and we have to make each other better. And the right. only way we do that is sometimes through conflict. Yeah.
1: No, I think there's a lot of truth to the idea that the best and deepest friendships, you start with accepting and loving someone right where they're at, but then you develop into loving them enough that you can't leave them where they are right. when they're in bad places right? and when they're in dark places. Like, it's it's not truly love if you're not willing to help push people towards things that are healthier for them. If right. If you let them continue to destroy themselves and others through negative habits and behaviors and actions and things like that, like... Do you truly have a good relationship? No.
0: Yeah. Don't. No. And and I think that when you ex, you when you extend it out into, you know, the the socio-political realm, I think that it's really important. And I think this is this is where the church has always been strongest is when it's been able to criticize and critique people, even those people who they often agree with, to be able to say in this place, you are wrong. You need to rethink what you're what you're doing here. This doesn't mean that you'll necessarily agree with that criticism, but I think to to press the point and to say, listen, I really value you. I really treasure you, but you don't have this right. I think that there's a value in that. That's, that's what, what I mean. keep trying to do every single podcast. That's and true. it's that's still what, that's not what working. we do with this show right here?
1: For me, much, much heavier. But uh, as you guys hopefully have surmised about me over our time together, I like to see the establishment fall.
0: <laughs>
1: and so I've been thrilled to hear about all the discord at Con this year and how people don't like all these established old dudes films and how young budding auteurs are. Are actually bringing home the awards and destroying the shows as they go because Khan is famously anti Netflix and I think that's dumb and they're also famously kind of sexist uh, in that they don't allow very many female directors they like these old uh, old dudes and these old dudes make some really smarmy stuff and like keep getting a place to put it at Con, and that's hurting Con. and so I like to see the establishment crumble and so it's been nice to watch some of this coverage of you know Tarantino even though I used to be a kind of a Tarantino fan to hear about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood flopping even though it's a little bit sad for me because I know my boy's in there my boy Brad does not sound like it's his fault, but anyways, all it say, couldn't be his fault right. Yeah, there's just Brad do some interesting. this is a small thing, so this is the least important of the most important, but it's been it's been kind of nice to see all this like negative coverage coming from Khan and people being like, "Oh, this thing's stupid now. I'm like good because <laughs> we all knew that, except for you snobs. <laughs> And so there you have it, the most least important things. You guys decide which one was the most least important. <laughs> and let us know what's on your I mind. have my opinion. <laughs> Again, we're on the Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Bye. All righty.